Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm K-Drama Jen. And I'm K-Muse. A quick reminder before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast and all the other fangirls that often podcast with us, come check out our Patreon because we have a ton more stuff available and you can check us out there. And now on to today's topic, we are going to be talking Chinese dramas that we've watched in the last year, or not watched, as the case may be. Some of them, (laughs) we've gotten through certain amounts of it, so we're going to talk about why we dropped it, um, what put us off, what shows we loved. So it's the perfect time for it, because with summer coming up, you want some good Chinese dramas to binge watch. So Sounds great. And we did talk in depth about Evernight, so we won't be mentioning Evernight um, this time. But if you want a great drama to binge, that's probably a good one. Yes, and it'd be tons of fun if you binged it and then followed along with our podcasts. We did a whole series. I think it was like eight or nine podcasts of just Evernight. It was so much fun. Foodzi. Oh, sorry. And on that note, (laughs) I suck at pronunciation. I admit it. It's not going to change anytime soon, no matter how many times K-Drama Jen tries to correct me. So, sorry about that, but I I am not good at linguist stuff. So It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> to start it off, I think we're going to, well, it's kind of hard. We're starting off with like the juggernaut of all Chinese dramas that have come out in the last year. And it's the story of Yangtze Palace. Oh, I love like, this I can't one. even think of one that got more buzz than this. This is definitely the buzzed drama of 2018 and into 2019. It was like all anyone talked about for so long. With good reason, I think. Agreed, agreed. But for those good. of you who have no clue what we're talking about, let's give a synopsis. So... um So we're just not going to assume that you guys know everything about every drama. So synopsis time, Jen. All right. So this takes place during the sixth year of the Qinlong's reign. um, And Wei Yingluo finds her way to the Forbidden City. She's as a palace maid. So she tries to become a palace maid. And she does that in order to investigate the truth behind her older sister's death. And so she vows to get revenge because she thinks something shady has happened with her sister, with her um, sister's death. So um, that's sort of like the little nutshell. But what it doesn't sh- really get across is just how awesome uh, uh, Wei Ying is because she she captivated me from the very minute that she came on the screen. Um, and just the way that she, uh, pretends that she is not quite as smart as she really is at first and things like that. Um, she's crafty and cunning, and this is a true revenge drama. Um, she's cold. And I have to say, Kimius and I often, when we watch, we, we like revenge dramas and we kind of like our revenge to be really revengey. So, um, I loved this. I have to agree. There's nothing worse than a revenge drama where 
in the last like half of the drama, they see the error of their ways and they're like, oh, never mind. I don't want revenge. No, I want my person to go all the way and to cut down all of the people in their path to get revenge. I mean, yes, I know that that kind of leads to other people wanting to get revenge, but still, you know, and this drama does it better than any other drama that I have watched. It's so satisfying to see how strong a character she is. Um, uh, Another thing we've talked about a lot of times is then Chinese dramas, they tend to have a lot stronger female characters. And this is the perfect drama that highlights that. All the women are very smart. Yes, they are part of a system where they are all surrounding an emperor and his needs and all that kind of thing that comes with it. But it in no way diminishes their intelligence, their ability to do politics, and their ability to get what they want. And I love it. So, right, the the harem politicking, sometimes the whole, like, harem kind of piece will turn people off, especially Western audiences. Um, And I'm not saying that that's something that I look for in a drama, but the way that the politicking takes place and just the way that they are constantly trying to um, do whatever they can to one-up the other members of the harem, um, really for their future children, um, they do all sorts of really horrible things to one another, um, like killing off each other's children. Um, And so I have to say, though, like, yes, they're concubines, but the power and the um, the strength that they show is it's just really interesting. It's this weird juxtaposition because you would think that they're almost like in a subservient relationship and they are, but the way they wield their power is pretty incredible. Agreed. And I always find it interesting that this is true to actual Chinese history. This isn't them just rewriting it from the power play of a woman. Women in, historically had a lot of power when they were in the harems and as the concubines and as the wives and the mother of these children. And so it's very fascinating watching like all of this politicking going on in a totally different setting than you would expect. Because again, in a Western society, a lot of times you would never see even women having power at this time and or if there was multiple mistresses or whatever you know it's not like they had power at all other than just like of a sexual kind and so it's very interesting to go into these harem situations and see a different power play that we're not used to and so I really like it. I really like the historical aspects of it and how it really brings to light a different way of looking at history. So, And I have to say, I, at first, wasn't a fan of the emperor. Um, I wouldn't have even said he was that attractive at first. And then it just, he sort of grew on me. Um, I think it's the, because it has the period hair, um, so that, you know, so some people will watch this and be like, oh, I can't handle that. It's like the um, hair is back in the queue and um, their foreheads exposed and all that. Um, But I thought that just as her relationship with him changed and he kind of changed in in relationship to her, uh, I I was really fascinated by that relationship. 
Well, I was fascinated by all the relationships because they had so many really great ones, whether it was the different harems, our emperor, empress, and her servants, and the concubines, how they interacted with each other, and how they created friendships, um, sometimes through hardships. It was very interesting. And I also like how the emperor and Wei, um, Wei Ying really connected on an intellectual level and i found that not romantic per se i know i'm not sure if i was ever like oh this is the most romantic show ever it's Mm -hmm. not however just the the relationship of them together intellectually and being able to understand each other in a way that usually isn't shown in a romance i really enjoyed and also I think her relation, Wei Ying's relationship with uh, the uh, Empress was also... Yes, it was so touching. Right. Yeah, I really liked that. I was looking for the name of the... Oh. Okay, the the person that she thought was responsible for her sister's death. Um, oh, let me think here. I just always thought of them as hot brother with the pretty eyes. <laughs> that's what I was I was looking for the actor's name, but yeah, I mean that's it's pretty like, much what he we has a him. name, really? <laughs> he was I just I was very um intrigued by I think by his eyes. He really had It's the eyes. It is one hundred percent the eyes. They were so dramatic and just the way they were highlighted with the lack of hair in his face and the clothes he wore. They're very dramatic. And he was a good actor. And yeah. so I did enjoy it. Um, and it was interesting to see how, as the story went on, Wei Ying had various relationships romantically, too. It wasn't just like, oh, this is true love. It was, well, this is the love for this part of my life things happen and now we need to progress on it reminded me a lot of scarlet heart in a way where you get to see her grow up from a very not immature because she was still very smart when she was younger but a very almost impulsive impulsive yes she was very impulsive and then as you watch as she progresses through her life and through all of the um the experiences she has in the court, you see how she fine points her personality to become very effective in the court as she gets older and less impulsive. And I really, I enjoyed that aspect of the show too, that she wasn't a one note character and I really enjoyed it. I agree. So would you recommend? Of course. Yeah, same. I think that, um, you know, I, I do think it ha- you have to have the right um, mindset coming into it because there are certain people I wouldn't recommend this to amongst the fangirls um, <laughs> because I just don't think, um, first of all, <laughs> for like drama geek would never go for this because A, it's harem politicking, B, it's really long. And, um, and I was probably probably seal key to the same thing because it's so long um we've been trying to like entice them into the chinese drama world but uh we have to be very selective about which ones we choose so this is not one that i'd recommend to them but i loved i loved the harem politicking and um if you're tired of like old men in the back room you know kind of 
playing chess with everybody's life, watch this one because you'll see that the, it's really women that are doing it. And I kind of appreciated <laughs> that. Agreed. All right. So next, we had a couple of dramas that sort of um, had the same um, storyline in a way. So uh, Rui's uh, Royal Love in the Palace was another one that we watched. Well, and it's kind of hard because it came out at the same time as Yingxi Palace. Right. And it has the same emperor. But completely different focus on who the focus is in this um, concubine wife situation. So. Do you want to start with a synopsis? I would love to. So, the road to becoming an empress is paved with treachery. Rui is a consort who quickly learns to navigate the treacherous politics of the royal court and move up the ranks. After becoming empress, Rui still must survive the many conspiracies against her. Her relationship with Emperor Quinlong becomes eroded even when Rui is able to overcome the challenges. So this is one where after a while I was like, seriously, like, believe her, (laughs) you know, like, because... It's one of those things where the concubines are constantly plotting against one another, just like Yangtze Palace. Um, but she constantly gets uh, like framed or accused of this or that. And eventually I just want to be like, listen, you trusted her, I'm saying to the emperor, because they were friends earlier. Yeah, they were like childhood besties and right. he really wanted to marry her. And then he had to marry someone else as his first wife and she was like his number one concubine or whatever it was right so i was a little like after a while i was kind of like come on like if she's the one that you want then then trust her and and stop you know because she's like she was exiled to the i can't remember the winter palace or something um (laughs) it's always like the cold palace or the winter palace or the ice palace (laughs) yeah she was exiled um to a different section where she wasn't supposed to have any interactions and whatnot. And um, she was accused of killing off people's babies. And um, and each time she would prove that she had not done it. Um, and it was like one thing after another. So for me, this was a little bit because I was watching it as at the same time as Yangshi Palace. Um, I didn't like it as much. Uh, Agreed. I'll- Though I have to say, I I did love the actress, um, Jo Shun, I think it is, right? Zhao Shun. Um, she's just, she has a really interesting look um, and her voice, really. I really was... Her voice is what stands out for me. Like, I remember yeah. her voice very distinctly. Um, this one, it, I didn't finish... As you said, it kind of the same thing over and over again. And one thing I did like about Yangshi Palace is most of the plotting, what we were watching it through a third person that wasn't con- like involved necessarily as the harem. And so it kind of was easier to step back and see all of the the accusations and the oh you did this you did this and trying to convince everyone this one you're much more in it um agreed yeah i think it was a little bit more true historically with the emperor quinlong because 
I was reading up on him and he was very much paranoid and he would do these wild things to try to get out of control from the women in his life because he had a very controlling, um, I don't believe it was his mother. I believe it was like the Empress Dowager who was technically his mother just because she adopted him when he became emperor, you know, kind of one of that kind of things. And so he was um, very paranoid about the women in his life and the power plays that were going on. And he became very erratic and kind of went downhill when it came to relationships as he aged. And I think this drama showed that quite a bit more than we got in Yangshi Palace. Um, also, it was uh, Wallace Huo, who, who was... Um the emperor and he's uh he was in love me if you dare yeah so if you remember love me if you dare he was in that so um i did enjoy him um probably more than the other emperor in in the uh in yangshi palace even but it felt uh, more like a romance that's true yes at the same time it also felt more like he was betraying the romance by sleeping with other people. <laughs> right. Because, you know, in Yangtze Palace, it's like, it was very upfront. He sleeps around because it's the harem and that's the way things are. In Rui's royal love, you felt it a lot more like, well, he's cheating on the woman he really loves. Right. It almost felt like. That so. is exactly true because you're right. And it felt, it felt more personal because he had, basically said he wanted to marry her and then all this other stuff happened. And so it did feel like a betrayal of their love. Whereas the other, um, in Yangshi palace, she came in with ulterior motives. So it wasn't like she was, um, you know, she came in and wanted to, um, marry him or in fact, no, she just she came in as a palace the game the whole way. There was totally. never a time where it was like, Oh, true love. It was never that. Right. You know, maybe connection intellectually, but not true love. Agreed. So would you recommend Ruby's Royal Love in the Palace? Um, it's not horrible. The costuming is amazing. Oh, beautiful. I, yeah. I would maybe, I don't know. I'd give it maybe a 7 out of 10. So I'm not sure I'd re- recommend it. I wouldn't say, oh, it's trash. But I wouldn't sit, go out to my besties and be like, oh, you have to watch this. It's amazing. Right. If that makes sense. No, it does. I loved the actress. Um, I loved Wallace. Whoa. I liked, um, loved the costumes. But I think you could probably get a better story if you watch uh, Yangshi Palace. Agreed. All right. So now we are on to Story of Minglan. Um, we have mentioned this a few times, and then we had uh, several people who are like, well, how come you're not just podcapping that? Because you talked about it so much. Um, it was kind of hard because we are right in the middle of our Evernight podcast. And for those of you who have never done a podcast before, it takes a lot of time. It <laughs> like, certainly does. It's not something that you can just, even just finding the time we can both get together to chat takes a lot of time. And so um, we couldn't commit to two at the same time. So, yeah, that's why we didn't. (laughs) Right. So in the meantime, we just kept watching it. And this was, I loved this drama. And if we can talk about whether or not we're going to recommend it. But um, I just, I just loved it. So the synopsis for Story of Minglan is um, 
There was a concubine-born sixth child of the Sheng household, um, and her name was Minglan. She meets uh, Gu Tingye, who's the second son of the Gu family. Um, she's uh, when they were kids, they were rivals in a game. Um, Tohu, I, it's the game where they throw the arrows into the, um, the container. Bucket. Yeah, arrows yeah. into the bucket. Um, but then later on, he um, she's looking for a doctor for her for her mother who's giving birth, and he helps her out. And um, so she never really forgets this. But then they meet again as adults, um, and. He is at that point is no longer, well, I don't know if he ever was, but he's really out of favor with his family and he has a mistress um, with, and he has children with her. And then Minglan is um, in school and has, uh, like she's been taking, she's been uh, studying with her brother and her brother's friends and her sister. And, um, she sort of has a first love. And I have to say, when I was watching this, I was totally on board because I thought that the first love person that she had, um, I thought that that was the boy from, I thought it was Goutinye, but it wasn't. <laughs> the trend, the aged up transitions were not very well done in this. No, that was tricky. Um, so anyway, their, their households kind of scheme, um, and Minglan is super, super smart, um, but she basically hides her talents and her in and her intelligence. Ting Ye comes back, as I said, he has this mistress, he has kids. He, um, and again, I did never thought that I would fall for the two of them because um, usually that's not, you know, I'm not going to go for the, the guy who's living a reckless life with lots of, you know, uh, children from his mistress. Um, but anyway, uh, they just there's all these different schemes, and um, they both kind of rise up in position and uh, work to obtain justice from those who have wronged them. Uh, that's sort of the official synopsis. But what I would say is this is harem politicking, but in a different venue. And so if it's, if you like harem politic kind of, you know, Yangshi palace or Rui's Royal love kind of setting, uh, or the politicking that goes with it, I love that this takes place, um, in a minor official's home. So you get to see a different view of what it's like. Um, so anyway, so that is, there were, there were just many, many pieces of Minglan's, um, story that I really, really liked. How about you? I really enjoyed this story. I felt more than anything, it wasn't so much a harem politic as just a slice of life drama. Exactly. Uh, I would really connect it to like a Jane Austen style drama in uh, England. It was very similar here. It's the story about one of multiple sisters and marrying them off and finding them good homes, as well as just trying to, you know, survive all of the pitfalls of having, being sold off as the youngest girl child, you know, because she has a bunch of older sisters and her mother passed away. So she has no, um, stronghold in the family. 
Except that the grandmother did take her in, and so that's yes, the that's only true. reason. And she teaches why... her and stuff. Yeah. But it's very interesting because a lot of it was like, well, how the sisters interact, how the head wife interacts with the other children. And it was very cool because she doesn't treat them horribly. Um, it They all had very quirky personalities that came through, and there wasn't anyone that we were like, oh, I detest this person. They're so evil. Oh, I hate this person. It was just a lot of slice of life moments that created a really great story. And there was some more political stuff at the end. I hate, I have to say, I did not like the second, the mistress, or the, not the mistress, the... But she was good for storytelling because she did have some very interesting aspects. We saw the aspect of someone who came from nothing, who managed to get a rich man interested in her and how she kept him interested yeah, that's um, true. You know, and how that's what she knew, so that's what she taught her daughter. It was I enjoyed it. It was interesting. Uh, I agree. Was she a great person? No. But <laughs> she was an interesting character to move the action about, and it wasn't something that we always saw in every drama. Right. Yeah, I guess that's what I appreciate about this, is it's unique. It's a unique story. Well, like, our main couple, they don't even really get together until, like, what, 35 episodes in? It's a long <laughs> time of just life and learning about different customs and cultures and all of this stuff to get to where they even hook up. So it isn't about the hookup. It's about living a life and just trying to find the best life you can get in bad circumstances. So and and yet when they do finally get together, I really liked that they just knew each other so well that they were a good fit. They were a good match. They were. I really loved their relationship. Um, it's one of my. It's actually my girl bias, Nilia Zhao, and she is actually married to the leading man, William Feng, and so and that comes across so much like in the show like you can see their chemistry and their comfort with each other and it was so enjoyable to watch them i loved it so would you recommend it oh 100% yes yeah, um i've heard some people say oh it's slow it's boring but you know what the payoff is so satisfying in the end right it's it, you have to go in thinking of it like a like a slice of life it's it's like a chinese sort of reply 1988 kind of not as quirky but it's it's maybe more like age of youth where they're learning experiences as they age yeah that's true yeah so it's got just that kind of like we said slice of life um i liked your the jane austen reference because i definitely had that feel like a um you're just family dynamics um it was very pride and prejudice-y yeah, it really yes. was. Okay. So our next one is Legend of Haolan. I thought we have Guardian. Is Guardian our next not one, on yours? Our next one <laughs> is Guardian. And I just want to say, I, wa- I watched Guardian because the person that I thought was her first love in Ming Lan is actually in Guardian. So I was like, all right, I and need to watch Guardian. really good. He like, looks really good. Really good. <laughs> yes. So this will... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't this originally intended to be kind of a BL drama, and they kind of 
because it's, it's based on a yes. book? It's based on a novel. And for those of you not in the know, BL means a boy's love. So it is a um, LBGT kind of storyline. However, Chinese censors are very strict about that kind of stuff. Very strict. Like you're not sneaking it in. <laughs> But they tried as much as they could. Yes. It was a very epic bromance. It's a very big bromance with lots of like gazes and implied feelings. <laughs> um, so before we go farther, let's talk about the synopsis. In a world beyond scientific understanding with a group of passionate adults trying to solve cases done by such forces, Zhao Yunlan and Shen Wei are tasked with upholding peace between deities, demons, and humans. And the story will focus on their friendship, friendship in quotes in my <laughs> head, that transcends past and present lifetimes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right. I will admit I have not finished this yet, but in my defense, it is not on any of the legal sites. So it's a little bit more of a search to find it. Yeah, I've watched on YouTube. Oh, is it on YouTube now? It is, yeah. Ooh, when I watched, it was not on YouTube. Because <laughs> I started it before the show was actually done. And so it was not subbed on YouTube when I was watching. But now that I know it is, yeah, I'll be it... actually finishing this a lot faster. And then the nice thing about that is that um, the many of the... Oh, I, hold on. Sorry, I just started to play it. Many of the Chinese dramas are now um, getting subbed by, like, a, like formally subbed and then put on YouTube. So you don't have to feel guilty that you're watching it illegally because it's actually coming from the company that... Well, yeah, a lot of the governments are like, international money, the more we can get international people hooked on these, the more money we're going to make. So... And I have to say, it's working. Because I'm I know, hooked. I am hooked. Yes, and I am so excited Guardian is up. Because, again, it was such a pain to find and have to log into my PC because it has all the protections and I'm, you know, that you kind of need if you're going into interesting sites. <laughs> and so it just hadn't finished. I just hadn't been able to do it yet. So, And it's short. It's only 40 episodes. It is. I think so. I watched the first 10 and the guys are very attractive. Like, even a lot of their sidekicks are very attractive. Yeah. Like, it's very... Um... And it has a, you know, it's sort of like there's a, like a, like a mystery of the week kind of feel to it. Because yeah. they end up sort of, you know, solving these paranormal. And if you like, like, superhero shows, it had a very superhero vibe. Yes. So I would highly recommend. And then just read into the context that they are in love. Because they totally are. Through, gener through like, it's, it's transcending time. Yes, time. Epic love. <laughs> so, um, I have to say, I have not actually finished it yet because um, I can't remember why, but life gets um, busy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but I'd forgotten that I put it aside. You know what it was? It hadn't been fully subbed. So I was watching it without subs. And, you know, my Chinese is elementary. Um, and I was able to understand a pretty big portion of it. But I realized there were some conversations that I was missing. And so I did choose to wait. Um, and that's why. So it's now sub that's on YouTube. And um, that's probably what I'm going to do next. So, okay. Now we have Legend of Hel uh, Helan. And I guess <laughs> I'm going to be doing the synopsis for this. 
Um, so this takes place during the Warring States period. Uh, Li Haolan, who's played by um, Wu Jinyan, is forced out of her home and she's sold as a slave, um, despite the fact that she's the daughter of the public censor of uh, Zhao. Um, and she is purchased by uh, uh, Lu Bu Wei. Um, and then she's gifted to Ying Yi Ren, who's a Qin royal who is serving as a hostage to guarantee the armistice between the Qin and Zhao states. So um, there's a dangerous battle that begins um, in result of their arrival, and they must rely on their wits to survive. So Haolan is basically sold off by her no remember they tried to kill her first and she escaped it was by her stepmother like that's what it was yeah the first wife of the family sold her off because she was in a relationship with the man she wanted her daughter to date or marry right yes and then she killed the wife the concubine which was her mother and threw him down a well (laughs) yeah that was awful Yes, it was awful. It was very awfully cheesy and overdramatic, too. And so, uh, yeah, so we were watching this. It's coming on the heels of Yangshi Palace, Rui's Royal Love. Um, well, and it has the same actress as Yangshi Palace. Right. So I was like, yes, I love her. She's so smart. She's not smart in this drama. <laughs> she is kind of impulsive and dense. I don't know. I mean, there's some cute moments here and there where she, like, tricks people, but it's an over-the-top dramatic tricking of people. Right. Like, she pretends to have hit her head and, and, become, and knocked herself senseless. and Yeah. Um, and so she acts crazy and just... Uh, I guess it's it's... Everything was so over-the-top that it was hard to take it seriously. Um, and... It just felt a little contrived, and I think because maybe it's also because we had just seen Yangshi Palace, and we were, you know, we were we knew what she was capable as an actress. Um, so I think that that's part of what kind of turned me off. So I actually have not finished it. Um, there were some really weird plot holes that were developing, and I was just like, you know what, I have other things I want to do. Um, so I am. Excuse me. I am not somebody who normally drops dramas. Um, I usually say, oh, I'll get back to that. I don't think I'm going to come back to this because it just, eh, it wasn't compelling enough for me. Agreed. I didn't really feel a connection with either men. And I was just kind of bored. And, and I didn't know the- who was Endgame either. Like, it was never well, really clear. And my problem is I didn't like the director. I really didn't like the director. He he made all the characters act very over-the-top, dramatic, very wailing when something goes wrong. Um, like, for example, when her mom goes into the well, she had been sent off to die. She runs back thinking she'll find her mother and her the man she loves and blah, blah, blah. She goes rushing in headlong into her home house. And rather than be smart and try to save her mom, she like rushes in and starts wailing. And there's a bunch of guards around. And of course they like restrain her. It, it was so dumb. Yeah. And there's another like, 
like she goes into the uh, they burn her or something and the whole thing explodes and then she convinces them that she's got special power i mean it's just it's a it's over the top that's all it's over the top and stupid and she's not bright <laughs> so um would you recommend no no i would not this is a huge no for me <laughs> yeah it's the same for me i would not recommend this one so the next one goodbye my princess so, synopsis, having received overwhelming love and admiration as the ninth princess, Zhao Feng is forced to leave the life that she has known in order to become the crown princess. Her husband, the black-bellied crown prince, holds the highest position, second only to one, the emperor. That is the stupidest synopsis. I'm sorry, I don't know where it that is. came from. Because oh, it, it came from my drama list, and I'm like watching it, and I'm like, that says nothing about what it's about, other than no. she's... Like a pampered ninth princess. She was very pampered. She was. But like she had a guardian who sort of looked out for her, at least in the he beginning. He was like her teacher. Yes. So she had a hot teacher who was very hot. He and was. Then this kid or this prince comes. Yes. This prince comes from another land and they're trying to make like a, a what do you call it? A contract. So they'll be connected in marriage and the ninth princess is going to have to marry this prince and so she has to she tries to get out of it a bunch and she's very headstrong but eventually she ends up marrying him and there's like amnesia and stuff i think i never got to the amnesia part so you'll have to explain that yeah so she meets him um actually she runs away and meets him and she doesn't know that it's him and so they end up um, you know, falling in love. And um, and I was really on board. It was really compelling. Um, there were beautiful costumes, uh, had a really interesting premise. Um, and then ever, all of a sudden, so there's spoilers, okay? Listen carefully. Like, if you don't, don't want spoilers, stop listening for a few minutes because I'm going to tell you. He completely betrays her and murders her entire, like, tribe, basically. And then... She realizes that he's betrayed her because he's used the fact that, you know, she gave him privileged information because she was in love with him um, in order for him to come and, like, basically kill off everybody. And so when she realizes that he is the one who basically killed her grandfather and her entire tribe, um, he, she, she, of course, hates him and... Basically, they she decides to jump into the river of forgetfulness. He decides to plunge in after her because he doesn't want to remember everything that he's done either. And so we go from this really sweet... Double amnesia. <laughs> yes. And then somehow, though, everybody then conspires. They all know that they both have amnesia. And so, because they've obviously been in the river of forgetfulness, because of course that's what happens when you go into the river of forgetfulness. So it's like everybody conspires to never mention anything that happened to the two of them. And so it's this weird, um, the girl that was her, uh, like sort of her guard is also part of that tribe. And so she pretends that she's mute. Um, and it's just, it's really strange. And then the the prince ends up in love with somebody else. Because, of course, he doesn't remember this one. This, uh, because they got married, actually. So he doesn't remember his wife. Um, because they made the choice to jump into the river of forgetfulness. And 
it's just like betrayal after betrayal. Um, I couldn't stop watching even, even though I couldn't look away. It was really, so I did watch the whole thing. Um, but let me tell you, it does not have a happy ending. It's like they finally realize that they love each other and she slits her throat. Um, like on the battlefield to stop the two factions from battling. So um, <laughs> it was horribly tragic. And I, I was just, I don't know. It could have, it could have been so different. And I really, like I said, I loved the beginning. It really drew me in, but mm, so I can't recommend this because it was, it was just depressing and awful. There's some good acting here and there but um no sorry pass see and i like a ton of people on twitter have read the book so it was widely known that this was not a happy ending drama and i wasn't in a place where i wanted to watch a sad ending drama so i think i got maybe four or five episodes in and then i'm like eh, i'm calling it i'm yeah. good you know good i choice. don't I don't feel like I need to have some tragic love moment. And they weren't engaging enough for me to be like, oh, I want to watch this to the end. It wasn't any Rise of Phoenixes, you know, where oh. they're so good. It's like, oh, I'm going to watch regardless, uh, even if it is tragic. And, you know, we didn't we didn't mention Rise of Phoenixes, but that's another one we did talk. We've talked about before. We've talked about so. it before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch like tragic, just watch that. Cause it's actually really good versus this was, I just, I couldn't believe that he, I don't know. I just couldn't believe that the people around him, um, that remembered that he really did love her would allow him to continue to hurt her the way that he was doing in the second part of the show. And, um, I just, yeah, it's not that I didn't know that it was going to have a sad ending but um it wasn't and i'm fine with like i mean i watch chinese dramas right so we know they're not going to always have happy yeah. endings usually they don't um but it was even even that i was like no i'm sorry i just i guess i didn't they didn't convince me enough that it was like a an epic romance kind of thing so so i would not recommend good to know uh yeah as you can tell, I wouldn't recommend either because <laughs> I dumped it. <laughs> right. So, But I did finish. So check. That's off my list. So our next one, I will never let you go. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm like trying to think of this. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Zhang Binbin one. Oh, okay. this is Zhang Binbin in a mask and a cape. So, yes. Yes. Your, your fantasy, Zhang Binbin. <laughs> my Chinese bias. Not that I have biases, but. I think I have a Chinese. Oh, he's my Chinese bias. I don't have biases yeah. in other places, but yeah, I'll watch anything he's in. Is it my turn? It, I think it's your turn for synopsis. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so this is about a girl who, when we first meet her, is a, a basically a beggar. She's played by Ariel Lin, um, and she has really great comedic timing. Uh, so I really enjoyed watching her. Um, and she has a really great like business sense. Um, so she meets up with Zhang Binbin, who is wearing a mask and a cape, and he saves her. Um, 
and they ultimately fall in love. And um, however, it's eventually revealed that she is the divine maiden who um, will somehow help them obtain a, a legendary treasure. And so all these enemies start hunting her down. Um, so she ends up meeting life on the run. Like she basically has to live her life on the run. Um, she meets up with Zhang Bin Bin without his mask and cape and finds out that um, he is the ambitious prince who wants to take the throne. Uh, there's also... Um, Keep in mind, he thinks he, that she is his sister. I was just going to say, <laughs> right. There's also this there's kind of... sister situation. She's not because her mother had an affair with someone else in right. birth. Right. But there is... There is a... That whole kind of, yes. So for a while, it's awkward. a little awkward. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And there's like, there are other things along the way. Because we meet a lot of, there are a lot of hot guys in this particular show. Um, I would like to point out that our favorite, your favorite, um, Hobo Prince from Evernight. <laughs> I hate the Hobo Prince so much. I am anti-Hobo Prince right now. Yeah, but anti hobo prince. Yeah, but if you see him in this, I think it might change your mind. I don't know, because even hot abs did not change my mind in Evernight. He was still the annoying hobo prince. Yeah, but he's got a different personality in this one. So uh, I, I, yeah, give it a shot. <laughs> so basically, uh, what I like about this drama, first of all, Zhang Bin Bin. Mm-hmm. He is in a cape and a mask. Like, talk and he's about finally Zorro. not a total jerk. Right. Well, he kind of still is. Well, but... yeah. But for him, he's not a total jerk where you want him to just get, like, castrated. Right. He's not, like, the uh, the evil emperor who, you know, yeah. needs to be run through with a sword or whatever. But he... So, talk about Zoro fantasy. Um, Zhang Bin Bin in a cape and a mask. I will say no more. I'm just going to leave that. it's very flowy and dramatic. It is. And like I said before, Errol Lin, she has really great comedic timing. Um, they're really funny together. And so there are definitely some flaws. The directing is probably going to drive you insane. Uh, there's a lot of spinning. There's a lot of spinning. <laughs> and that's not my favorite either, but... I went in... I went in expecting it to be super cheesy, so it didn't annoy me as much as if I was just going in um, just straight out without knowing anything. So I think that helped. Yeah. Knowing that it's very cheesy to begin with, so I wasn't putting it up on a pedestal that it had to reach. Yeah. And there's a lot of plot. There are a lot of plot holes as well. Um, But because the drama doesn't take itself seriously... I was fine with it. Like I felt, I thought like um, anything that was like, oh, that's strange. That buddy doesn't really <laughs> look like a boy. Um, <laughs> you know, I was okay with whatever, whatever they threw my way because I was like, it's not taking itself seriously, and so it was just fun to watch. Um, and it came at a time for me when there were just a lot of really heavy, as we've just shared, right? Yangshi Palace. Yeah. Um, a lot of really heavy Chinese dramas. So this was fun. It was just light and fluffy. Um, so I would recommend it if you are a Zhang Bin Bin fan. Oh, yes. Just take a look at him in a mask and a cape. Um, and if you're looking for something just kind of light and fun. 
Yeah, I, I think I would recommend this one as well. I think I got maybe at about 12 or 13 episodes in. There's a good chance I will continue watching just as a filler show. Um, it's great fluff. I really love Ariel Lin. She's one of my favorite Chinese actresses, especially in comedies. She just has this upper, like this energy about her that's very fun. Um, so yeah, I would recommend as well. Just keep in mind it's very cheesy and it's not deep. So, and if that's what you're looking for, go for it. Then this is perfect. Yeah. So, talking about cheesy and not deep, our next <laughs> show is My Amazing Boyfriend season two. And this is the sequel to the love story between a human and a mutant. They call it a mutant. He's pretty much a like a vampire. Alien. Yes. What is He's he? pretty vampire. Much, this. Season one came right after My Love from Another Star, which yeah. was like super big. And so you could definitely see a ton of straight out plagiarism. <laughs> yeah, it really did seem like it was like even However, this sun- according to the Chinese government, vampire stories and alien stories are not appropriate content. So rather than call him a vampire or an alien, they call him a mutant. And I think he was bitten by a um, magic jaguar like a thousand years earlier and got powers. So I don't know. Some of the stuff they do to fix around the sensors is crazy. Well, especially because um, what isn't his name? What is his name? Like Shi Shui or Shui Gui? Yes. Whatever uh, that is. Shui Ying. Shui. Okay. Because um, Shui, Shi Shui Gui is um, the word for vampire. So. Yeah. Oh, just... no. They were totally like nudge, nudge, wink, wink all over the place. They just couldn't technically say any of that. And like he needed blood to live and he could heal himself and heal others and. Yeah. Like he would kiss her and transfer his blood from his tongue that way and help her heal. <laughs> it was all kinds of weird stuff. So anyway, so this is season two and they had their love. And because she was being targeted because of who he is, he decides he's going to be the noble thing and ditch her. And so she's trying to recover from that. It has been like literally like a month or two. It has not been long since they broke up and she's pregnant with his alien baby. (laughs) So the whole noble idiocy thing is tossed out the window and he moves in across the street from her. And so it's all kinds of weird alien pregnancy, angry, hate sex thing going on and yeah it's weird and on top of all of that there are different actors and so it is a little bit jarring because the actors did change because uh when they were filming this the original leading man was korean and the chinese were anti-korean for a while and it stopped all entertainment content with any korean actors and so they replaced it with a uh a Thailand actor. <laughs> and he's from, he's Thai. He's, he's not Thai. Thai. Yes. He's not Taiwanese. He's actually no, he's not from he's Taiwan. From he's from Thailand. Oh my God. Yes. I didn't know that. No, he was the leading man in the Thailand's version of first, or, um, 
the first kiss one oh. and yeah and then the, the the one with the ice cream that one yes the ice cream kiss he's that actor yes i did not pick that up yes mike d'angelo of so, course yes. And then the actress, actually, they did a very good job replacing the actress with someone who has a similar vibe. And so I was okay with that. And even the change in actor, I was okay with. But the storyline wasn't very good. Um, they're just It wasn't as much cute hijinky as the first one was. And they mm-hmm. kind of changed the personalities of some of the side characters. And she didn't have her bestie friend anymore. And it just wasn't what I was hoping for. I was turned off immediately with all of the, like the whole conversation about getting rid of the baby and how they, she just, you know, a part of that is just the callous way that, um, you know, we were just going to book a trip to America and go get rid of our child or whatever. And it just, I don't know. I, I didn't, I just didn't. Well, and I do wonder if that's like a cultural thing because in the Western culture, you know, it's much more a choice. And there, with the laws being only having one or two children, I I don't know, maybe it's slightly different the way they look on abortion. I'm not sure because I have not talked about that with a lot of uh, Chinese people. (laughs) But I wonder if it's just a different outlook. The feelings about abortion maybe are just different. Um, interesting to look into and I think that maybe that came across in the show a little because they definitely talked about it differently than we would here in the States. It was just very cold and callous and so I just, you know, so maybe it is a cultural difference but that obviously wasn't the only reason I dropped this. Um, I just wasn't feeling it. I thought that the storyline was dumb. Yeah, the storyline wasn't there. The original was very much like taken from the from another star from another star and with this one i think there's just too much time the story was different the actors were different the chemistry just wasn't there and as much as i wanted to like it it was eh, an easy drop so would we recommend probably not all right so next we have flipped am i doing this yes yes so flipped is a love story that um, some of these, the synopsis, I'm like, really? Um, Basically, it's the story of a girl who is a painter and she meets the CEO um, and there are just, um, here's basically what I've noticed about the story. Like every 30 minutes, there's a kiss. So there's a ton of skinship in this. but it's a story they he has um like superpowers sort of and what um, are his superpowers exactly cuz i was he can like zip around fast right yeah he can he can like teleport sort of like so he can but it's like weird teleportation it's not just like oh and i'm that place you know he has weird. to have like a picture i think um or well in one of the case it's I was a little distracted by all the kissing. Um, so I don't really know what the plot is. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But basically, <laughs> basically, he, um, so the girl is, has been brought up by her dad very strictly. Um, and there's a reason for that, but she well, runs away from him. And her dad's crazy him. abusive. Well, no, no, he's not. 
she he's been very strict with her upbringing because he is trying to protect her basically yeah Um, but like sticking her in places and locking her in and getting drunk is abusive in my mind so i guess that's what i'm thinking you know he might be doing it for her own good but that doesn't mean that it's a good thing okay yeah all All right. right i can see that i because she I'm, talked about being locked in a closet and stuff like that, you know. And she does meet the one um, person, like, through the window or whatever. So, um, but she she does cross paths with uh, Chi Shun, who is this very um, cold, I guess, cold, um, sensitive young man with exceptional abilities, <laughs> according to the synopsis. And... Um, I'm sorry, I have to read this. This feeling of liking someone, even if you cover one's mouth, will still sparkle through the eyes because the world lights up when you see the one you like. Like, who wrote this? Yeah, because this doesn't really um, capture what's really happening in this drama. In in our defense, we just snagged these from my drama list. (laughs) So whoever wrote this was feeling very flamboyant in their wordage. Yes, it's very flowery. But basically, the girl runs away from her, from home. She she crosses paths with this guy. Um, and then we do learn that... So he, he is seeking the answer to his sister's kind of debilitating condition. And he thinks that, that um, this girl, Shang Shang, might be um, one of the healers. And so... That's sort of why he approaches her, I guess. But the long, the short version of this is um, they constantly fall into each other and their lips meet. And then they have, like, major sexy times because um, they, you know, randomly find themselves, like, alone and stranded in places. And, of course, you have to um, shave and because <laughs> there's a whole, like, shaving scene. Um and fall into bed. So, lots of kisses. Um, I have not finished it yet. It wasn't fully subbed, I think. So I was watching as I as I went. But um, but if you like kind of superpower sort of like fantasy sci fi kind of um, feel, it does have that. You know, there, there's like a you know he has a special power where he can like teleport, and she may or may not be a healer. Um, we, we can see maybe her mom was, so, um, there's this whole kind of side story. Well, I guess it's part of the main story where, uh, she's sort of being hunted down by the person who, um, because supposedly her mother wouldn't heal this guy's brother. So he's like out to get revenge. So lots of, it's very convoluted, but, um. So far, it's fluffy and fun, and I'm, I mean, if you can say that somebody's hunting somebody down is fluffy and fun, Um, but I like it, so I'm watching it. So, my feelings on this show, my middle daughter, Aspen, started watching it, and so it was playing while I was doing other stuff, but I was still watching, you know, more or less, and she was very involved. I just could not get into this. It was like... It just didn't have enough action or plot movement for me 
And it it was very fluffy, but I didn't really connect with any of the characters. I'm like, I don't really care why this guy is stalking her and why are they accidentally kissing. And, and it just wasn't, it didn't grab me, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and the directing was slightly boring. <laughs> so this one is actually a no for me. I know you guys, you and Drama Geek were really enjoying it. And my daughter is really enjoying it. I just couldn't get into it. So I think we're I think we're half and half on this one. We can agree to disagree. That's fine with me. Um, and like I said, I haven't finished it. So I don't know where it's headed necessarily. But um, lots of kisses. So, so there you I go. need, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I need more than kisses. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, okay. I do. She needs plot. I, I need plot and a good director or at least somewhat competent director. Everything was so bland. It was all in creams and whites and light tones. And it was so boring. <laughs> well, that brings us to the next one, which is golden eye. <laughs> Sorry. So we have a fun GoldenEye story. When this came out, none of us actually watched the drama. We got maybe three minutes in (laughs) and we're like just watching the teaser or the opening credits. It was the opening music credits. And we're watching it and we're like, how come there's only one character shown the whole like four minutes of the opening credits. Yeah. Like usually we like, you have all the story and you have the various characters and all that. No, it was just the EXO boy the whole time. Sometimes looking angsty and looks like he's talking to imaginary people. <laughs> I have to say Lay looks lovely, but it was, I was texting because I, I remember because I was watching the um, the trailer and so the first, it wasn't even the trailer. It was like it the wasn't first the trailer. It was the opening three minutes. Music. Right. Yes. It was the opening montage. So I was texting the fangirls. I was like, um, you have to watch this because <laughs> I've never seen an opening where it's just one person. I'm like, are there any characters besides Lay in this particular uh, drama? Um, so that part was actually really funny. And of course, there were like, eventually you got to see like, you know, Toe of like feathers were flying and and gunshots and all kinds of stuff, but um, yeah, that was amusing. So I also I've only watched the first episode. Are you still there? Have uh, you only watched one? I watched the first five minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and if any of you guys are curious as to our step by step thoughts on this whole five minute montage of Lay. We actually wrote out all of our our conversation into a blog post on the blog. So I'll link that in our notes. But it was a lot of fun. Was, you know, no, don't hate us, all you lay fangirls out there. But it was kind of fun and silly. Um, and, and the truth is, I am... I like Lay, so I... I I've really, liked the movies he's been in. I've enjoyed him in movies, so... I just haven't gotten back to this, so, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, because we were, we were really enjoying just the first five minutes. Right. Um, Let me get I, to the synopsis real fast, okay. and then we'll discuss more. And it is said the only individuals with the, in quote, spirit language 
can possess a pair of golden eyes. A simple pawn shop worker had his own eyes mutated after an accident while he was dealing with some ancient bronze and ceramics. His mutated eyes subsequently brought many changes to his life in many unexpected ways, more than he could ever imagine. Okay. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, I love that he has spirit language. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, judging from the te- or the early montage, it means that they digitally alter his eyes to look very dramatic a lot. <laughs> they do. <laughs> All right. So in my defense, we put out that post that we had written. And then a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, lays in it a lot. And the main girl's voice is super annoying. And so I think that's one of the reasons I never just bothered going back. And then there wasn't a lot of buzz about it anywhere. And so it's just like, eh, probably an easy miss. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like we can't really talk about it too much because we really didn't see much of it. Um, We didn't. We know that the girl has an annoying voice and the opening montage is hilariously one note. (laughs) Right. So I would say... I can't even say whether or not I'd recommend it. I am actually going to go back and watch it because I do like Lay. Um, so I will watch it just so I can look at him. If Because as we have said many times, I apparently am much more shallow than you are because I don't necessarily need plot. I just I need go, plot. <laughs> I just need pretty. So, so gonna... if you've watched this and there actually is a good plot, let us know. So maybe it'll impress me to give it a chance but until that time i'm good (laughs) all right so next we have the legend of white snake and of course i immediately am thinking of like the 80s hairband um (laughs) it is not that that might have been more interesting (laughs) i like this show so um i will will explain my issues with this show after you do this okay yes So this is a story that is um, set in the capital of the Southern Song Court. It's about a thousand-year-old snake spirit that's transformed into a beautiful woman and falls in love with a young man. However, a young Buddhist hot monk, that doesn't say that in the synopsis, but he is, intervenes. Um, So... I will say that the main problem that I have with this is that I am totally rooting for the monk and not the male lead because I think they just should have switched places. Um, I totally agree. That is actually the reason I'm not really continuing on is I just don't fill her with the main guy. He's kind of boring. And you have this super sexy hot monk with beads going all over the place. Yeah. And he's such a better character. And that, and I also like her, what was it, a bunny or a snake friend? Rat. A rat. A rat friend that transferred or became a a human at the same oh, oh, time. Oh. No, hold on. Do you mean the green snake who becomes the girl? Or do you mean the no, rat the guy. who becomes... Okay, yeah, the he's the rat. rat. He's like the rat boy. king. Yeah. He was also more interesting than our leading man and when your leading man is like number three in the order of people that you would like to see be the main character there's something wrong well and one of them that i actually ship her with more is the girl so you know (laughs) see so there are so many see 
leading guy number four. Yeah, it's kind of like that. That's true. But and, I will- and so it's just like, eh, it's not capturing me. Well, I will say that one of the things that I do like about this is that um, there is, it's it's a little different in the sense that the green snake um, who has been trying to like cultivate long enough to be a man, um, basically in order to travel with the girl, the, the white snake, who's a female, um, gives up the becoming a man and decides to be a woman so that she can keep her company and, and be seen in her company and, and not, uh, have people question it. Um, so there's like this interesting uh, dynamic in that sense, and I will. Uh, and like I said, the monk is very—he um, draws my eye every single time. And he knows so, how to swing those beads. He can swing his beads. That is for darn sure. Um, and they're like you know out to catch evil people or evil creatures or evil bad guys. I think they call them like monsters and stuff. Monsters, like, yes. So, yes. Um, and evil spirits. And, um, and so this thousand year old snake spirit, she's actually a Buddhist, which is also interesting. And um, she's on her way to enlightenment. Right. Because even though, so, um, people might think that she's like a evil spirit. Um, she's actually on her way to, to she, the reason she's on earth is because she's trying to do good deeds and, um, experience life as a human so that she can uh, continue to cultivate. Yeah. So I'm 10 episodes in, I think. Um, I think I made it like three or four. And I have to say, it's like, I don't, I was watching it more when I didn't have other things to watch. Um, but I have not dropped it. So I probably will go back to it because um, occasionally you I don't like drop have- anything. <laughs> I, what, which one did I say I dropped? How long? I did drop one. Yes, yes. So for, uh, me, so for now, I would recommend it if it's something that, yeah. um, if you like that, if you like fantasy kind of, you know, it's it's a lot of it like monster killing and stuff like that. Yeah, It wasn't horrid. There's a lot more that have come out in the last five years that are better, that have the same kind of theme. And so this is just a so-so one for me. Yeah, and it's it's super super cheesy CGI. Really, the CGI is, and they use a lot of it. Like the first while, like everything is CGI except her once she comes out. Like everything, the trees, the grass, like everything is CGI'd. Yeah. So someone went a little crazy on the CGI in this show. And if you know what I mean, even the opening sequence is pretty like, yeah. it's cheesy. We'll just say that. Um, but yeah, it's it was. It's another one to consider if you're looking for something to to distract you, or yeah. you know, you, you need something. Um, okay, so we have we one have more. One that, more? That, yeah, yes. I know uh, it's like so many dramas. All right, so original sin is our last drama we're talking about. And the synopsis is a lawyer who has been sentenced to jail becomes successful in business after serving time and a cop with a flourishing career solving cases after case. The two people who are in opposite sides of the law are forced to join hands. 
So that doesn't really capture the skewering part. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting drama. It has a very different feel than we almost ever see. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think the one. Maybe uh, Love Me If You Dare. Yeah, like, I was going to say Love Me If You Dare and the one with the snail, the snail falls in love or yeah. whatever that one is. Yep. Those are the only two that are even a little similar. It's definitely a lot more gritty real life. It's not even like the serial cop kind of shows. It's very gritty. Um, and I, I like it. I'm not sure I'm in love with it. The pacing is a little odd. Yeah. And, and the cop kind of looks like he's come straight from an emo band grunge band in the 90s <laughs> it's true like seriously so emo <laughs> yeah the hair the eyes the like the look um i even like texted you i'm all like he kind of looks like green day and Soundgarden had a baby <laughs> and this is who it is <laughs> yeah i and I, I mean, the uh, original or the first case, you know, um, it's like these women are found skewered. Um, that's what they call it. They're like the skewer case. And they're like eating all of this food, trying to figure out what type of skewer yeah. has the wounds. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. They really but, like the word skewer. <laughs> so original sin, though, is like you said, it's different. Um, it's certainly not, you know, a fantasy or like no. many of the Chinese dramas or, or historical. Um, it's got that kind of gritty vibe. Um, well, I only it's watch different even for like your usual Chinese cop show because usually they're very clean cut, very definite, you know, give off the positive police vibe. This doesn't. It's different. True. So it's um it like you said yeah it's different. Uh, I've only watched the first episode. Um, I probably will continue with it though because yeah, I'm it's like different. four or five in. I'm enjoying it. It again, it has some pacing problems, but it's interesting. The stories are interesting. A uh, lot of emo, <laughs> but it's interesting. It's something different. So I'm going to continue with it for a while. So yes, I would actually recommend this, especially if you like crime shows. So. All right. Um, so we do have a couple that we'd still like to check out. Um, I started to watch Destiny's Love. Um, the The trailer for it looks really cute. The first episode is super cheesy. Um, so I'm waiting for the... F I'm going to watch enough of it to see if it actually lives up to what the trailer looked like. Um, but the first episode's really, really cheesy. Um, but she is, I don't actually have the full synopsis, but she's basically, um, like a producer, like a film, she's a director, I think she's a film director. Um, and he knew her in another time or he's looking for somebody that looks just like her, that kind of thing. And he comes to, um, earth. Um, and the very first like episode is like, they spray him with like pepper spray. He's not allowed to eat anything. Um, and so it knocks him out. And um, the the woman and her friend basically tie him up. 
and then we discover he eventually escapes and we discover that um, he's like escaped from a like celestial prison or something like that so that he can come and try to right the wrongs. Um, he did something so that this woman dies every time she turns 30. Um, so it doesn't match what I saw in the trailer. So I'm, you know, like I said, I'm going to give it a little, I'll give it a shot and see. Um, but right now I, I can't recommend one way or another. And I will probably try it just because she made me watch the trailer and now I want to know what happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the one that I'm actually probably going to start, possibly even tonight, depending on how long I have after we're done with this, um, is If I Can Love You So. And it is the story about two people that cross paths during the worst of circumstances at the funeral of their departed spouses. And just... Judging from what has been implied, it sounds like the spouses were maybe cheaters. So, because they're very wounded and upset and unhappy. And so they find love, but then there's lots of angstiness and says it's a tale of love, betrayal, hope, and tragedy that's sure to keep you coming back for more. So... I'm interested. The first teaser looked very angsty. The third teaser looked very rom-com hijinks. So we'll see where it lands. Interesting. So they yes. meet at their at the spouse's funerals. funerals and, and they start a relationship. Because, you know, then, that's the best way to pick somebody up is to go to your spouse's funeral and I hook know. up with somebody else's spouse. But, of course, if they screwed you over... Maybe you could be yeah. like, you cheated on me. I hate you, you know, and now I'm going to hook up at your funeral. Yeah. And then I love the wording cut up in a chaotic world of broken hearts, forbidden love and tragic fates. They must decide if their newfound love is worth fighting for. Dun, dun, it's dun. so dramatic. <laughs> so I maybe, think, I don't know. Kind yeah. Sounds... I might give that a shot. That sounds interesting. And again, it's something that we haven't watched. We, this year, we've watched tons of historical and fantasy, and it's been a long time then, since we've watched really an adult, more of an adult one. Um, <laughs> this kind of gave me the same vibe just watching the teasers as uh, Divorce Lawyers did, and I really enjoyed that. So, right. You know, maybe. As we've been talking, um, we've watched a lot of Chinese dramas this year. <laughs> We did. Even if we didn't finish all of them, we right. still it still adds up to an insane amount of television that I will never admit to my husband about. <laughs> because if you think about it, many of the I mean, like even the short ones are like forty episodes. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so that's a lot. Um, yeah. We don't need to talk about that. And you know, because we haven't finished all of them, I guess then we get a pass for some of it. But. Um, yep. But I'm looking forward to checking out some of the ones that we've, or actually continuing. I, I want to go back to Guardian. I'd forgotten that I'd yes. dropped, or not dropped it, but I'd walked away from it for a bit. And then check out some of the new ones. So, um, Well, and we have to find another one to podcap at some point. Like, unfortunately, the ones that we've really had high hopes for, they just haven't clicked. Yeah, and that's so, true. And so, you know... I don't well, know. Every we'll night two should be coming out soon, right? When is that coming out? I know. Out? I was thinking, this... I'm like, well, probably not for another year because they're filming it right now. Because right. did you see that I sent you like some uh, clips that we posted on our Facebook? Yes. Page? 
Yes, yes, and yes. I'm like, ooh, new chemistry, new look. They replaced yeah. the leading man. So I'm interested to see what how that affects the whole dynamic. Um, visually, they looked good together. So they I'm certainly excited. did. Yeah, I'm. You're right. So, and it, it and it proves that Song Song did not die in season one, <laughs> since she was alive and well in the pictures. Good because I was not yes. happy with the ending of season one. But all right, so lots to look forward to, yes. and um, definitely please, if you watch any of these, um, you know, definitely comment and let us know which ones you've liked, and if you have any recommendations um, that because we obviously can't get them all so um if there's something that you're really loving please let us know because i'm sure we'll pick it up um and thanks again for joining us for this episode please feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast we do read every blog comment and facebook comment and they're also great places to leave suggestions for future topics we love to hear from our readers and our listeners we would also love it if you could leave a rating and review for us over on apple podcast It's through the ratings and reviews that other listeners, just like you, can find our podcast. And it's really the best way to help share our podcast with other drama enthusiasts. And thanks again for supporting our latest endeavor. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.